You're like, it was really the friends we made along the way. <laughs> That's who's walking who. That's who's walking who. Um, then there was another set of footprints. <laughs> I was carrying you. There's a third set there. <laughs> There's a third set of paw prints. Uh, it's I, a real I, wag the dog. No. Wag the dog situation. You got the button. There's rules here. There's rules. Oh, I'm eating brunch with my people though. The homie Dyke just cooked up a feast and we about to eat it, bro. Fucked around and has to miss the lobster with the protein. Daddy is rolling blow dream. Them boys got down a routine. It's nap town culture. Cooking seven courses. Had to pass the torch and now I'm grabbing second portion. So sit back, relax, grab a drink and a smoke. It's all the brunch on the way and get prepared for the jokes. Whoa. Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels, and with me, as always, my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. Hey, Slappy Pappy, wah, wah, let's go! On the ones and twos, the wheels of steel, the sauce boss of Indianapolis, and the last woke dragon, give it up for Zach Rome. Thank you, skanky, whoa, whoa. Hey. And a very special first-time guest in the studio with us, and I apologize that it's taken so long, but he's finally here, we finally did it, hometown hero, comedian, Jonathan Fenler. Oh, hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. I was looking through my old notes of this original list of people that I wanted to have on the show, and you were on it. Oh, nice. You were on the original list, and it took me three years to get you on here. Oh, wow. I was like, I bet Jonathan Finler, my original, so my original idea for the show was I just wanted to talk to weirdos. Oh, I nice. wanted to talk to, I oh wanted to talk, I just wanted what to talk segue. to. <laughs> what a segue. Well, I was like, I want to talk to people that are different, and I wanted, like, local people. So there was, like. The local weirdos. There was, stash. like, a, an adult baby that lives in Irvington. Oh, I wanted nice. to interview her. Okay. Um, some other types. And then I was just, like, for comedians, I was like, I want to get someone who's, like, a little different. I was like, yeah. Jonathan Vendler would be great. Does oh. it make you feel better that you're on the list with adult baby? It does. I, I mean, any list is like local weirdos. I'm happy to be on. Oh, good, 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 good. So I, I do have a question. Did the local uh, adult baby uh, get on the podcast? No, I, that kind of fell apart. I, okay. I was concerned about it being exploitive more than funny. <laughs> and I was just yeah, like, right? I don't know. I don't know too much about their background, so I wasn't oh, sure right. if it was like. Is, it, is this, you, is this going to be fun for everyone, or is this just me going, like... Taking advantage. Wait, yeah, look at this person. She fell apart, or the idea fell I apart? I think the idea fell apart. Oh, okay. I, I didn't feel good about it. And then uh, and then also, I, I didn't end up making a show about weirdos, but I did kind of make a show about weirdos. Doggone right. it. Look at this guy. I don't guy. like how you're looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> what, just because I'm wearing hard eyes? But I say, I say weirdos in the best possible way. Uh, I've realized, as you just ate with us out in public... That like uh, you know I'm a weirdo. Like I, I love hanging out with comics. I love people that are like uh, you know against the grain of society. Right. You know we just sat down at a diner to have a, a beautiful breakfast, and I'm saying the most inappropriate things at full volume. Full volume. Someone say screaming. I, di I didn't really notice until I stopped talking, and then it seemed like the whole restaurant was like just a ten decibels more quiet. Ten decibels more quiet. And then there was a table of the two, the couple. Uh, Next to us, the guy turned around and stared at us for like, did you guys see that? <laughs> like 20 oh. seconds. And I was like, what? It's, I, he's eating still, right? He's he's what? not he's not going to eat us next. So I, yeah, he, he stared at us for 20 seconds? That's what it felt like. I felt like when we got up, everybody was staring directly at me. And I was like, oh, I've been a real problem this whole time. <laughs> I mean, you, you said a number of like triggering words mm -hmm. at pretty pretty decent volume even yeah. for a diner yeah, yeah. it was inappropriate you're yeah. repeating what comics say yeah in the privacy of like a green room or like all the while whatever. saying nobody could say this but this person <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> nobody uses these words anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> Except for me in front of uh, little Billy <laughs> church <laughs> after church food that's right it was Sunday Sunday brunch wasn't it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the that's the show. That's the whole show. You you did get robbed a little bit because um, we didn't we didn't. I was out of town, so I didn't get a right. chance to cook. So uh, we're definitely gonna have you back on to to eat with us. But we we took you out. Yeah, we, and I appreciate that. It was such a good fun meal. I, yeah, it was a. I love like local dives. 
And that, I feel like that's kind of a local dive. But yeah, a yeah, there's a lot of staple. history with that. I didn't yeah. know that like famous people have been there. Yeah, Guy Fieri. We're talking about the Steering in Irvington, guys. of course. The steer, the steer. Well, it's a diner. Was it a drive-in at one point? Yeah, it was originally. So it's a diner, a drive-in, and a dive. I don't know if, uh, if all of them yeah, check yeah, all right? three yeah, boxes. Yeah, yeah. For is it Triple D's? Is that what it is? That's what his show's called, Triple D's. Double D's on the Triple D's. Triple Every D, every D. Oh, thank you. <laughs> every day. Wait, every D? Yeah, every day a new D. Every day a new D. It was uh, every kiss begins with D. <laughs> does does it? <laughs> uh, it was originally it was originally a dry a drive in called Harold's. Okay, and no, and no way. Yeah, it was a, it was a drive in called Harold's for forever, and then I, I'm not sure. I think it was like either in like late night or I think in the 2000s it became the steering or whatever. But when they during COVID they actually went back to the drive in model, oh, and nice. so like when Thad uh, we first moved in. Uh, we went, I was like, oh, we got, I got to take you to the steering. And we went and sat in our car and they brought out the tray and everything. And we, we had like milkshakes and, oh, fun. and it was just like, you know, everyone had their mask on or whatever. And it was like, oh, this is good. This is the, it was the fun part of COVID, you know, right. Tiger yeah. King and drive-ins and milkshakes, massive death. <laughs> Why did you laugh after you said deaths? <laughs> because, um, any, it was really a sad. I, it was a sad laugh. Oh, I get those sometimes. Right, I get those at funerals. Um, yeah, me too. I like if somebody I know specifically, I'll just laugh, and then people. Yeah, like, I've ruined a lot of friendships. I'm surprised you guys just didn't kick me kick me off right there. <laughs> I mean, the the day's still young. I say <laughs> there's plenty right. of time for kicking it out. <laughs> Uh, I was telling this story about you. Uh, well, it was a story about me, but you were in it. Uh, you were the you were on my very first comedy show that I ever did. Oh right, um, and and it was like a little coffee shop here in Irvington. Yeah, and it was you, me, Stacy, Zane, Zadie, and uh, I think that was it. Okay, and I think Dylan hosted or something. I yeah, I remember that little coffee coffee spot. It was a cozy. And it was, yeah, it was great. And we, we, we were like, they had the garage door open. It was a nice day and we did it outside. And it was real weird because it was all Irvington people that were either like, I used to wait on them at Blackacre or they were like uh, f friends and fans of the food truck. So yeah. I felt like I was doing stand up for the first time, like in front of my family kind of, right. you know? And I just remember like, that was the first time seeing you, and I was like, I don't, I can't tell if this is a bit. Is this a guy bit. like crazy, or right. like is he a genius? Right. I'm not sure what's going on, but it, it was it was very funny. But I I remember like I felt like the crowd didn't know how to take it either. Yeah, that's kind of the, the uh, that's kind of the way I approached it for the longest time is like leaving them on the outside and, and questioning, make them question the mm -hmm. reality of. The situation, which, which if you think about it, who, I mean, I guess somebody that doesn't know what they're doing that goes up there like that, it could happen, but yeah, not. I think most things are vented well enough to not let that. Do you like kind of like leaning into the weirdness of like almost like a kind of quasi character? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like le like I like. Uh, Getting people to quit, like, like say it, more like a sociology experiment. Mm. Getting people to like, is this uh, really happening? Right yeah. now? <laughs> is this theater, <laughs> <laughs> or is this just somebody who <laughs> fell through the cracks and got up here somehow? I feel like we've done a couple brunches like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, is this a trap? Is this intentional? Or we. Uh, you you you've I you really excel at a lot of the like evening with the authors type things yeah, where oh where word. you do like character work and stuff. One of I think my top all time favorite things that I ever saw at, at an evening with the authors is you got introduced that you were some sort of slug or some sort of character that oh. was a slug. Oh no, that wasn't that was not me. That was uh, Heidi Klum. I think, yeah, Heidi Klum guested once. Her and I look a lot alike. <laughs> <laughs> so I know a lot of people have made that connection. <sighs> like, am I Heidi? 
Like sometimes I'll question myself when I wake up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is this Heidi's life? Where do I stop and Heidi begins? <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, who, who did you say I was confused for? Uh, I think that was Jason. Jason Hoffman did the slug. Wait, was that the slug that was real slow to yeah. get up there? Yeah, that was Jason. That wasn't you? No. Oh, man, I was just giving... Well, I've been giving you credit for that bit uh, for, for yeah. years in my head. Dude, well, all week you've been like, we're going to talk about this slug. We're going to talk about it. It's great. You're like, that, that wasn't me. That wasn't, that wasn't my character. Yeah. No, we, we look a lot alike, though, yeah. and we often will both wear paper boy hats. So. What do you think Jason's doing right now? Do you think we can get him up there and finish this story out? <laughs> me, yeah. Hold on. I'll be right back. You guys got 45 minutes? Track him down. And he actually does a slug to get on. Right? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, gonna take, he's gonna take that long. Oh my god! Uh, what, what was like? What was your like introduction into comedy? Like, when did you start comedy? Like, where were you going up at? Uh, well, it was a weird uh, set of uh, like a weird timeline. I started like in 1998. Oh wow! And I did comedy for a year here. Uh, it was the crackers at Keystone at the Crossing at the time. Oh, wow. And then after that, I went up to Chicago for a little bit to get involved in I.O. and Second City. And then 9-11 mm. happened, and then I got into the family business for about— I just just Flag like, making? Yeah, flag making. Flag making made a killing. Yeah, right? the Fendler oh. flags. <laughs> you guys, you guys all had Fendler flags when you were young. Fendler yeah, flags, finest flags. <laughs> Fendler's finest flags. Remember this after nine eleven, which was bad. Some say that the Fendlers, like, I don't know if you saw that documentary about. Like, did the Finlers cause 9-11? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was a real hit piece. I mean, I got to tell you. <laughs> it's definitely not us. We were just in the right... We were just in the right business in the right time. <laughs> the black makers got a lot of black. Right? Yeah. A lot of wind blowing your way towards black makers. I mean, it, I mean we, we couldn't control how George... What would be in the background of George Bush when he made... Yeah. Yeah. Well, so speeches. You go to Chicago for th about three years. Yeah. And then nine eleven happens. And then what happened? Uh, I decided that you know. Uh, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow <laughs> be up. a real man. Time to grow up. Uh, there's some other stuff going on. I was like, I need to be back home, so mm -hmm. I moved back here and did that for about ten years, and then eventually got back into comedy after being in that too long, because. Being in uh, that line of work is daunting and gross and boring. Mm. And so, what year is it when you start coming? When you come back? Uh, I think it was was it two thousand and ten. Oh, okay. Two thousand and ten. I started doing comedy again. Nice. Minneapolis. Yeah, and then uh, my dad's companies. After that, it was at half mass. The rest of the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what was Second City like for you? Uh, I, uh, it was a very good experience. Uh, it was, uh, it was mainly at IO that first time I went up and, uh, I went through all the classes there and got to, it, it opened my mind up to like being present and in the moment and mm. like, really seeing what was uh, in front of you and just kind of losing sight of everything else and just mm. reacting to that next thing. Mm. And like just being present and reactive to the next, like the last word of uh, dialogue that you heard. That's great. Cause like even just sitting in here so far, I was like, I had that thought. I was like, man, he's, he's, he's good at yes anding. Like you, yes, ended that garbage that Thad gave you with Heidi Klum. Oh right, yeah. Turned it into a whole thing. Right. I, I was, know. I was tapping out immediately. I was like, I don't know, I don't got nothing with for Heidi Klum. And then, and then I was like, oh, Second City, that makes sense. Well, right, yeah, good. I also love nonsense, so I'll climb on board to any, <laughs> any, any running gag I can be a part of. I'm gonna join in. So. Yeah. That's what like I remember. You just like swept it up. I don't know what your last character was when you did uh, that. It wasn't evening with the authors. What's that one show that we just did? Uh, we make things up. Squabble. 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 My gosh. Yeah. Okay. 
your character with Squabble, you just kept, you took it such to a deep end. Oh, like, yeah. Where is this going? But, like, it was amazing. Everybody's crying, laughing. Well, it was the, it's, I was Santa Claus, right? I ended up being a mall Santa. Yeah. That was supposed to, maybe it was the real Santa. Yeah. But I was about 20% Santa and then 80% a real person who also happened to be Santa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like, who knew that Santa loved peach yogurt? Yeah, and that's where you took it. To right. a peach yogurt loving Santa. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> do you do you have a preference about like like when you're performing, like do you prefer stand up to doing kind of like character work or like uh, improv stuff? It depends. For a while it was uh it was like anything that was not stand up I loved. Mm. But now after I've I've after I recorded the album, there's kind of been a release there of pressure on like I'm just able to do whatever I feel like when I get up there, as opposed to yeah the, the uh, methodical rigidness of having to finish off. Right. So let's talk about that. Very excited. You just you just had your first album, first album release. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. What was it? What was the name of the album? Uh, the waiting. The waiting. The waiting. And is, is that in reference to uh, how when you started comedy in nineteen ninety eight? Right. Yeah. Like it, it was. Yeah. Ten years. Twelve years coming. Twenty two years if you count all that. I'm still trying to figure out how old I am though. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Uh, and th there's a, after we recorded it, I listened to it a few times, and I was like, well, there's three instances where the the joke is about waiting. Mm. So then I was like, well, let's just. Yeah, that's the through line. Let's just put the arrow in the heart of the matter. <laughs> uh, mm. I, I love I love any comic that's as unique and distinctive as you. Like, there's no, like, Jonathan Fendler types. There's nothing to be like, like, oh, except for me at that show when I got confused. <laughs> Somebody was doing a bit. I would just say, I would just take credit for that and say that was that was your bit. Well, <laughs> I like how you want him to accept it, yeah. so you didn't have to be wrong. <laughs> You're right. I it was me. <laughs> Give me some of that yes hand. Come on. <laughs> I was that slug. I was ashamed to admit it. But that was me. Has there ever been a TV show with like a narcissist and an improver? And like the narcissist is making the improver yes and everything. Like you're going to do the dishes. Like forced yes and. Yeah, forced yes and. <laughs> you're going to cut the grass. And, and, and do the dishes. And do the dishes. I feel like this premise is forced yes and. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good. Jonathan, where were you to save us from that one? I saw Zach jump on that bomb. I'm going to go this subpar story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody was like, "Yeah, we love yes and and everything." And then I threw that out. And it was just like, "I'm not touching that stinker." What is this? <laughs> what is this? Is it yes and cool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we yes and everything except meta jokes about yes and. Well, the yes and was a bad guy. <laughs> was yes nice. Was a, was a bad guy who also would gaslight after he got done. That's what a narcissist does. Ooh, that yeah. would be even worse. <laughs> yeah, or maybe it's a dark comedy. I don't know. Maybe you get real. The narcissist would say, I didn't say any of that. You're crazy. You're crazy. All my friends agree. <laughs> <laughs> Stop being crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how every horror movie is. Like the first 45 minutes of every horror movie is just some woman getting gaslit because she saw demons All or right. whatever. And like nobody believes her. Yeah. yeah. It's always her husband like, honey, that's just normal blood coming down the walls. Right. Like, <laughs> why are you freaking out? Come that, on, Suzanne. Grow up. That's right. my one rule is I will always believe anybody on demon possession. Yeah, that's yeah. your one rule? Yeah, that's like one of my, you know. You might as well, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're willing to go that route, right. either they're really committed or there's really a demon. And you know what? I don't want to fuck around with the other half of it. I well, think I think there was a demon in the in the old house we were at. Oh, there in was. In the mansion. Wait, in the mansion? There was, there was one night I was by myself and I was watching something and I just had this feeling that there was a presence in the, like, in the closet kind of area. And I could almost feel it like moving around the room. And I remember I just like, 
I was like, I'm not going to panic. And I, <laughs> I got up and I opened the door. And I was just like, just go into Thad's room because you weren't there. That's, you, no, that's bullcrap. You were downstairs. So I was just friends like. Friends don't shoo demons into <laughs> other friends' rooms. Well, period. I was like, just go out into the house. Like, don't, don't come. Don't, you're not trapped in my room. You're, you're trying to be nice to this demon? Yeah, I was like, you're free. Just go. It is cold outside. So go in Thad's room. Can you imagine if the demon just needed someone to open the door? <laughs> I was like, that open was the door. I don't want to torment your roommate. I just need out. I just need out. I just need. Some fresh air. A demon that's just so like like just done with possessing people. Like I'm just done. Yeah. I may have. <laughs> I'm so tired of doing this. I may have also been on some medical grade marijuana. Nice. Oh, that makes you know, more sense for for a condition. It was prescribed by a doctor to get the. It was it to get the demons out. Yeah. Have you ever seen a ghost? Uh, Thad, I've. Been dead for five years. <laughs> <laughs> you are a ghost. I am a ghost. No, uh, no. I have. When I was a kid, uh, I, there was a weird happening in my bedroom one night. I was <laughs> I was looking at. You're not uh, alone. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at a radio that was off. I was staring at it. It was off. Unplugged off or just off? Off. Like okay. Turned off. I was looking at it. I looked at it for about ten seconds, and then it just turned on and it, you could hear it go bring you know and the like the old stereo yeah. with the mm-hmm. record player on top and the uh tune knob that turned the uh yeah so it, the knob started turning uh I, it turned on oh, okay yeah that would have creeped me out and it, the fact that i was looking at it and it did that i i think i ran out of the room or either that or i just crawled back in bed or under the covers and was like it's all it all went away you know how crazy that story sounds to like the Gen Zs. <laughs> like, like, yeah, sometimes electronics just turn on. No, not these. These yeah, ones you had to push. You had to push. You had to push. It was like rolling up a car window. They, but, there's no accidentally way that that happens. Right. So it's one of those knobs that it was also the on was also the volume. Mm. So it was one that you turned and. Nope. I would have kicked that thing straight straight into the trash. Yeah. Right. I was. Did you ever have a Teddy Ruxman growing up? No, What's no, that? I did not. So it was this bear that you would put uh, like a tape into, and it had different right. different stuff on the tape. It would tell stories, and I had one that was a Mickey Mouse, but it was the same thing. You yeah. put the cassette tape in its back or whatever. Now I've heard stories about those things like kicking on, like in the middle of the night, <laughs> and uh, oh, Furbies. And there's a, there's actually yeah, a, we had a Furby like that did that. There's a whole website of like wild stuff that f- different because there's different error codes that can happen within a Furby. Mm. And it's like and they're all like demonic. Oh, it's wow. like oh, error code seven. It'll start speaking backwards, Erica, and like <laughs> turning on in the Ooh. middle of the night and like doing stuff. And nice. like all these people are like submitting their reports of like this wild stuff that Furbies have done. But like one of the biggest ones is turning on by themselves okay. at random times. All baby toys do that. All the electronic baby toys. So eventually after your kids chewed on them for a while, they get like enough grime in them mm. that they like the buttons either stick, they repeat, they won't work yeah. or they just kind of go off at random times. And so uh. it'll be like after the kids are in bed, we're just watching TV or something. And then, you know, in the corner muffled under some <laughs> blankets, something starts singing at you or when the, the batteries get real low and they start singing in the warped voice. And you're nice. blaming kid grime. Well, I mean, it happens so much that yeah. I got to tell myself something. <laughs> you got to be. Right. Yeah, those are class level five ghosts. <laughs> or your house is just toys. lousy with ghosts. You yeah, <laughs> need some cleaning, man. <laughs> this house is full of ghosts. Right. <laughs> we have too many ghost crumbs on the floor. Oh. <laughs> That's the, you smell that? That's ghost. Zach's the one gaslighting in the horror <laughs> movies. It's, like, it's just kid grind. Kid <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the Kid grind makes you cry so much. Yeah. It only tells you terrible things. <laughs> that elevator just let all this blood out in the living room. I think it's kid grind. Yeah, why is it kid weird? Grime. We didn't even have an elevator. Don't even have an elevator. Yeah. The Shining. It was all. It was all kid grind. It was all kid grind. <laughs> it was all, the whole movie. He was kind of stuck weird on the elevator buttons. <laughs> yeah, kid grind. Kid grind. Kid grind. What's kid grind backwards? Uh, <laughs> no way! You're, no way you're gonna do that off the top of your head. He, nice had, good he had so much confidence grind. in his face too. Kid like, grind backwards. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, what was that? What was the experience like of making your your first album? I mean, that's so exciting. Like, right. I don't I don't know if people, non comics know, but like making your your first album, your first special, those yeah. kind of things are such big benchmarks. And it's like uh, I was talking to uh, our friend Lucas Waterfill. Yeah. I just went out uh, out of town with him this weekend, and he was just saying that like not only is it just like a weight off your shoulders to to have it done. But like now you have something concrete, you know, right. it's just like if, when the when the ocean comes and washes you away. Right. You'll there's, always have this thing out there. There's something there. And it, it got to the point where I'm glad I like I got it on record so I can stop like doing it. Yeah. It, Are you done with all those jokes? Um, most of them. I'll still do the songs. OK. Uh, and I think there's one that I'm that wasn't finished yet that I'm still working on. Do you, what's it like having like, do you feel like you have like a fan base now? Like you like, uh, the Fenlomaniacs? It's mostly just people that carry over from the, I mean, we were so successful in the flag business. <laughs> they all came back. Yeah. Yeah. They all, they, these colors don't run. These, colors don't run. <laughs> yeah. these jokes don't run. <laughs> uh, uh, here and there, it was mostly uh, when I had the release party, it was mostly people I hadn't seen in a long time. Oh, okay. I, I kind of was hiding in a shoe for a long time. So, mm. uh, I feel like it's given me more an opportunity to to expand on that. Uh, like being social? Yeah. Oh, cool. Like I, I hadn't experienced, seriously, I hadn't experienced that in a long time. And I was like, this is exhausting, but yeah, it was fun. Yeah, a comedy really is a weird thing where it like forces you right out of your shell a lot. Like, oh man, yeah. I got to the point with being on the food truck and stuff where I had totally just consigned myself to being hidden away in the back of the house. I was like, I don't like talking. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like talking to people. I don't want to be like interviewed on anything. You know, I'm just gonna hide back here and make food. Right. And then when I started doing open mics and stuff, I was like, well, it's different because I I'm controlling the. You know, I'm just saying my piece and then leaving. Yeah. But, like, as the farther you go up, like, I, I just did a show at Helium where, like, you know, it's not for me. I was opening, but, you know, the headliner's got 200 people in line. He's got 300 people coming in for the next show. And I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. You know, I, yeah. this isn't for me even, and I'm overwhelmed. Right. I'm just on the show. Right. But I was just like, oh, it's... It's good to train yourself. I like, and I've I've realized when I look back at how I was five years ago, I'm like, oh, I, I've there's been growth. Like, I I feel more comfortable talking to people. Oh yeah, yeah, same. Like uh, when I used to, after I'd get done doing a feature set, I was like, okay, time to hide in the green room for 30 minutes mm -hmm. until everyone leaves. Yeah, and then now I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, I I can actually take pictures with people now. Yeah. How how are you with compliments? Uh, I don't, I let them in, go through one ear and out the other, really. Mm. But I, I, I feel like I'm, I, I think there's a part of me that never feels like any compliments deserved. So I have gotten good to the point, or I've gotten better to the point now where I just go, I try to do a very sincere thank you. And yeah. like, like it's, it's always is sincere coming for me, but I feel like it doesn't always sound. So I'm like, yeah. make, give them a sincere sounding thank you. I'm like, Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate, you know, whatever. And then after that, if you throw any more compliments at mm -hmm. me, I don't know what to do with them. Then, okay, I, then yeah. I'm just I fall apart. I fold like a wet paper bag. Yeah. That's why I try or, not to compliment you. You never have. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> not a one. I don't want you to be uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't want you to get the wrong idea. Why do you feel like you let it go one ear and out the other? I I'm af afraid of what that. I I don't ever want to trigger the ego. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I don't want that to. I don't want that to snowball. Because it can, right? And yeah. it does. We've seen it. We see what it, what it right. happens I mean, to people. And especially in entertainment, like, you start getting that. And then, like, especially if you don't have any regular people around you to, like, keep you grounded. Look at Kanye, you know? Like, if right. you don't have people in your camp, right? and it, all of a sudden you, like, just around the echo chamber of yes men, like, oh, yeah, Jonathan, oh, yeah. you are the best. Like, everyone's yeah. Like, like these heart glasses. I want to wear them if my friends didn't tell me I look cool in them. That's true. You know what I mean? Well, I, I didn't know you were actually wearing them. I thought that you were just emanating that much. Yeah, right. And so. No, those are a prescription. Uh, prescription. Yeah. yeah, these are prescription heart glasses. I feel like us not saying stuff about the heart glasses is kind of like gaslighting you. No. <laughs> well, you just said something. Let's, so go, ahead and hit, let's go ahead and hit that boo button on that one. Spell! <laughs> 
That's for Zach. Right? That was for Zach. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to make sure yeah. that I didn't want to be booing myself. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, hit it. <laughs> Listen, you've had enough of them. I'm taking a couple. You don't have to take them. <laughs> no, you, you earned it. You, you earned it. You earned it. I like that. We did it. You're on. You're on. You're on thin ice with that soundboard, Zach. <laughs> I'm bringing my own button. Let's take a quick break. And um, do we have a new ad ready? I think so. All right. Enjoy our new ad because we are now on Spotify for podcasters. <laughs> this week on the After Brunch podcast. The, the police report that I got was just police are holding a naked one-eyed grandma on the ground waiting for DCS to arrive. Mm. So that was, you know, waiting on me to show up to decide what to do. Um, that would be my gang, man. One-eyed, one-eyed grandma. grandma. Yeah. Naked, one eyed grandma. Well, she, yeah, it's, it's, it, there's Dang layers. Wants me to tell the rest of the story. There's layers. So she, she was known on this certain side of town because she would stand in construction zones and yell, Someone come fuck me, just over and over. Oh, again. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she, I found out later that a nurse friend I had also knew her because she's been in a lot for herpes in her eye socket uh, because she was <laughs> letting gentlemen finish in her eye socket as part of the deal so and is a grandma <laughs> uh, yeah the grandma parts the deal breaker for you <laughs> join us at patreon.com slash harder brunch hey welcome back uh we're talking to comedian jonathan finler jonathan um i did want to have kind of a serious talk with you sure. i feel like this is important because you brought some wank ass coffee into this studio. We're, we're not going to mention the name of the place that you got it from. It's called mm-hmm. Blue Tape Coffee. You, you got so you brought some Blue Tape Coffee, and 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 we just want to tell you here that we think that that kind of coffee is garbage, right? <laughs> it's it's not. I it's not good coffee. I don't disagree with you. We would have given you the good stuff. We would have given you some Tinker Coffee. That's what we would have given you. Okay, locally roasted coffee, low acid. It's great. It um, you can get coffee subscriptions. You can have coffee sent to your house. If you use promo code brunch, you get 25% off. You can get it at Whole Foods. I get it the conduit blend at Whole Foods. Oh, so you know. I know. You know all about it. Mm-hmm. What's the, what? because I love, obviously we love Tinker Coffee, but what's the worst coffee? Because I think worst coffee is either a tie between uh, the coffee when you get your oil changed or bank coffee. Okay. Mm. Well, there's, there's a, the, uh, worse than bank coffee is when you're getting your oil changed, Mm -hmm. that coffee. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bank coffee is pretty bad. There have been several gas stations that I've been surprised at their coffee. Yeah. How bad it is. Oh, how good it is. Oh, how good it is. Oh, I feel like any place that has like the old school urns um, that are like, like if there's only one or two, then you know it's going to be pretty bad. Mm -hmm. It's going to be pretty scorched out. Yeah, there's some like tire places that they have like shavings of metal in their coffee. Right. I mean, and I'm not opposed to like some mornings just dropping in. To get that. To get a cup of coffee and just say, hi guys. Yeah. And then I walk out, and then they're like, "Who is that?" Yeah, that's not above you. No, no. Any anything for that sweet, poor nectar, coffee nectar, the bad stuff. The bad, <laughs> the bad stuff. I got in trouble one time because I went into a s- speedway, and they had like they have like that coffee island thing, and I was taking a video of it for something. I, I can't remember. It was like there was I was gonna make it was a joke I was gonna send to a friend. And the manager came out and was like, you can't video, you cannot video record our coffee. And I was like, what? She was like, yeah, I need you to delete that right now. And I was like, are you, are you serious? And she was like, and she would not let me leave the store until I deleted the video that I took of the coffee. And so like now I just want to go into Speedway stores and videotape their coffee <laughs> and just, right. and look like I'm like taking notes, like while I'm in there, you know, she, right. that, that was not a rule. She just wanted to like die on the hill for some reason that day. <laughs> I had somebody, uh, I was dropping off mustard for a place. And so they were a customer, customer of mine, but like I would just drop it off and leave an invoice. 
And on my way out, I would take a picture, like a selfie in the, like the restaurant. And mm. so I could post on social media. Yeah. So I did that, just did a real quick one. So I come in this place, go in the back, come back out, take a selfie and then go into my car. <laughs> and then like, I'm in my car posting. And then this guy comes and knocks on my window and he's like, Hey, what are you doing in my restaurant? It was like some <laughs> manager I'd never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like a complete weirdo. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, this beer, real quick, is uh, very good. It's, it's chill sesh. Um, I'm really getting into it. The guava in it is amazing. It's almost like there's chunks of guava going down your throat, but there's not. It's so good. It's called Upland Beer. If you're not drinking Upland Beer, you're in the wrong place. You may also know it as Patio Cat, which is the brand name of it. Patio Cat. Mm-hmm. It's got guava. Yeah, made of made of guava, guava <laughs> chunks, fresh guava chunks, allegedly. <laughs> it goes smoothly down your throat. Yeah, that's it's it's all throat based uh, promotion here on Harder Brunch. Well, that's the part of the eating process. This is the chunky the junkiness? The throat. <laughs> it is the throat. And I, do you know? Come I, on. I've always uh, growing up, I was very, I was always scared to swallow because I was like the breathe hole. And the eat hole are the same one. What mm. happens if I screw this up? So every swallow was like life or death. So you were very time. aware of that. Wow. Yeah. Like at a high, like how old was uh, I remember being in first grade mm-hmm. and being like, I have to eat this whole plate in 20 minutes and then go back to class in front of all these kids. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. And the, what broke you of that? I it's like I don't care if I live or die. <laughs> <laughs> no hope. That's what that's what did it. No. It's really freeing. <laughs> who were who were some of your like uh, comedy like idols that you looked up to like when you were. When I was a kid, like, I remember being, like, as a young kid, being influenced by, like, Bobcat Goldthwait and... uh, That's great. uh, Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. And uh, then uh, Saturday Night Live at the time, I think, was, like, the Billy Crystal, uh, Martin Short. Mm -hmm. And then Eddie Murphy still from, like, watching the reruns of him on SNL. Mm. Yeah. Before that. And then it got into... This makes a lot of sense. The seventies SNL with Belushi and uh, that crew, because that was kind of like renegade stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Andy Kaufman. Oh yeah, and, yeah, for and then sure. That got me to high school, I think. Yeah, I definitely, you definitely have a lot of Kaufman esque qualities about you. I, I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh it's a blessing and a curse. Did you ever just do like straight, like straight, like forward stand up? Like, hey, I'm this guy. I'm telling this joke, and da 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 da. Uh, actually, I feel like I'm doing more of that. Like now, I'm, I'm more comfortable on stage now than I've ever been. I think some of that mm. was also a defense mechanism back when I was first starting. Okay, it was like, it was like a middle ground between my true self and what I presented on stage. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like I'm, I'm uh truer to self on stage. Yeah. Okay. But I also still like to do weird shit. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think the weird shit's where it's at. You right. Know? <laughs> like, yeah, no one forgets the weird person, you know, for better or for worse. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just try to be closer, like true to self. And I, you know, I think everybody's pretty, pretty weird. And I think, we should celebrate those things as opposed to try to hide them away, you know? Absolutely. And you were talking about a lot of your uh, influences being like these comedic actors. Have you ever done any just like straight acting before? Is that anything you're interested in? Uh, or gay acting? Straight gay? <laughs> I mean, no, I'm open to both. Being straight or gay? Uh, the acting. Uh, straight or gay acting. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to say, but it, <laughs> I got my own button. Oh, it's a Nazi button. I think you have to hold it up to the microphone if you're going to do it. Yeah. Does that have a British accent? It, it did. I'm going to hit it one more time. Naughty, naughty, naughty. 
I, I, I really at first thought that was you doing a shitty British accent. <laughs> I was like, did you record the, the no naughty on the button? No, no, <laughs> It says in the back, this is not a real British accent. <laughs> <laughs> For fake British accent use only. Mm-hmm. Break a case of emergency. So you just got done with this special. You dumped all. You dumped all the material. Dumped it all. You starting starting fresh. Starting what, fresh. What's that feel like? What's that? What's uh, that it's like? It's been freeing. Uh, I know you guys know this from just going up there without like any, with no set. Going on stage without any set, mm-hmm. uh, like structure, and then just kind, kind of uh, being present and making the thing that's funny, the thing that's happening right then and there. Yeah. And just not really putting a lot of effort into the mechanics, just going out there and trying to react and be funny. Do you, do you will you go up there with no jokes? Uh, I've made a point recently to uh, like, try to avoid like doing my jokes as a last ditch effort. Like, oh, wow. Like going up there and trying just not seeing to, what comes. Saying what comes, I, I, some of it is things I've thought about during uh, yeah, the course okay. of the day. Or but the nothing's week, like nothing, fleshed out. Nothing's fleshed out. and uh, I'm having like anxiety just from thinking about that, like the idea of doing that. It, it's been, it was uh, anxiety, I think, the first few times. But now, like, I don't even really think before I go up there. I just, it's, and it's been fun. That's great. You just kind of go up there and that's it. And see what, see what comes, comes out. out yeah. See what happens. Now, is that what you like? Is that different than your normal writing process, or is that how you like to always start off and I let think, things take shape from there? I think I was always uh, like, I think that, like you said, it's anxiety because it's uh, like kind of walking up to a cliff. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a part of me that used to get caught up too much in the structure, yeah, and then so you would, uh, or I would uh, get lost in that structure, and then it would create a separation between me and the audience i feel like for me uh i feel like if i don't go up with something i like i like i've shown up to a class without my homework you know and oh, like yeah. i don't like i don't really delve into a lot of like oh like crowd work unless like i so i can react to something happening yeah but just going up and being like eh, messing with people I'm like ah, i don't trust myself enough for that or like to Take like a half fully formed idea that doesn't have like a punchline necessarily. Right. And you go up to stage and be like, I'll figure it out when I get up there. Right. Like that is a nightmare for me. Well, then see that, that latter is mainly what I've been like doing. Yeah. But you like it. That's what you're saying. You're enjoying it. It's, it's made the writing process easier too, because I'm doing it while I'm up there and you get immediate, immediate response on whether or not it's something to keep or not. Hmm. Interesting. It's interesting, like, where your brain goes, like, okay, this is where the joke is going to go naturally anyway. Right. And it's like putting it under fire it's a little like, bit. Like letting the subconscious take the wheel. And- yeah. I, f- I feel like a lot, I feel like the, the getting, the spark of getting a new idea versus honing something that's already, like, pretty good that you're working on. Like, I did, like, four shows this weekend, and I got one new line. Okay. I got one new line where I just fix, I fixed something mm-hmm. and it just clicked in his, his place. Like it was always supposed to be there. And I was like, Oh, I, was, I just I figured it out. I was so happy yeah. that one little line, but like starting off with a whole new thing, like it's exciting in one way. Right. Cause you're like, yeah. Oh, I'm so tired of these jokes. Yeah. But then there's also the comfort of like, when you get a joke that just doesn't run, you know, like, I, I know when I get this baby out of the garage what it does, you know, like yeah. this is great versus like going to the junkyard yeah. <laughs> and like f- fumbling around for parts. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to build this car from memory, you know. Mm-hmm. I recently just did that recently. Like I had something happen to me uh, and I was like, oh, I need to tell this on my next set where I have a longer time and I want to talk about it yeah. to a crowd and, and find the funny parts with them. Um, recently, one of my uh, white friends took me to a Underground Railroad um, for like a Airbnb and I was just thinking about how funny it is like now when a white friend takes you to an underground railroad maybe they're trying to be catchy or like you know right. this is being cute like oh this is interesting but like before back in the day people yeah. taking you to that it was, it was a white person taking you but it wasn't <laughs> right. ironic yeah it was trying to like help you not just it's for safety for safety yeah well and I then, guess it's all Airbnb 
Airbnbs are for safety. Safety at the end of the, end <laughs> at of the, the end of the day, <laughs> you're right. They're probably right up there with the underground railroad. Yeah, all Air, all Airbnbs are safety, but not all underground railroads <laughs> are Airbnbs. <laughs> That's true. Which got me into the rating system. Like I want to go back in time and rate the best underground mm. railroad. A Yelp for underground yeah. railroads. Yeah. Oh my god, that's great. I like that idea. So, and I and I just wanted to do a skit now of me and my wife going to this underground railroad like, "Hmm, like so so where are we sleeping?" <laughs> oh, up down there in the in the cellar. In that cellar <laughs> in, in our blankets. Where are those? Hmm, our last ones. We had a fluff a fluff pillow and some chocolates. This underground railroad will get 3 stars. It should be maybe instead of stars like rats. How many rats are in the cellar? <laughs> like this is a five rat underground railroad. Well, it's like an opposite scale though, right? Yeah, more rats the more rats, the bad. Yeah, like yeah. I wanted to give them some din- dignity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, they're slaves. They're runaway slaves. So. They're hiding. I mean, assuming they weren't luxurious rats, like, accommodations. Though? Yeah, no, we're doing stars. Okay. <laughs> And <laughs> that's the part. That's the part that's supposed. I'm sorry, I went. I went too far with it. Jeez, <laughs> no, yeah. You really ought to make room awkward, Dyke. <laughs> Thank you. We were trying to have a good time. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just thought, or it'd be a quick uh, indie film of uh, like the best underground railroads. Well, yeah, that's a weird thing to spots. I mean, all underground railroads were the the best. In in the situation, but there was some that weren't good cooks. If you got, right. I feel like if you got caught though, then that wasn't a good one. That's probably the worst one. one. Yeah, one yeah, the star. policy is terrible. <laughs> one rat. Uh, <laughs> someone literally did rat us out. It was one person. There we go. That's how you bring it back. Hey, the little, the little kid. It. The little kid ratted us out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was gonna do it. <laughs> Can you imagine like hiding in a cellar somewhere and just seeing like a little kid like talking to the sheriff and he's just, like <laughs> pointing? <laughs> yeah, the kid's racist. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Your, your dad and mom really support this decision. You're like I'm tired of black people hiding in my house. Like it's caused a lot of stress on my five year old life. I'm tired of black people being in my basement or in the closet, like the closet or the attic. And that little kid was Tucker Carlson's great grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, take that, Tucker. Take that, Tucker. <laughs> take that, TC. Oh, my gosh. What are your... Uh, I, I, I've been asking everybody this because hopefully we're coming out of winter here. Like, what, yeah. what are your big plans for the summer this summer? Uh, big plans for the summer. Well, I've got... Over the winter, I took in uh, two more Huskies, dogs. Two more than what? Than the one I already had. Okay, so you're three huskies. The three huskies. Three dog night. Three dog night. Triples is best. So I'm really just wanting to spend a bunch of time out in the nature with those guys, getting them nice. properly uh, acclimated to rational. Do you have like a? Behavior. Do you have like a, a leash with three collars on it? I've got. It's uh, called the Cerberus. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I I have three leashes. Uh. I have often done one leash and then put a smaller leash on the one leash. Mm. So and then just have the dogs walk each other. Right. Nice. Oh, that's kind of fun. Right. So then I can just stay inside. Who's walking who here? That's what they they spend all t- the time trying to figure out. And then I just laugh. They're like, it was really the friends we made along the way. <laughs> that's who's walking who. That's who's walking who. Um, and then there was another set of, Footprints. <laughs> I was carrying you. There's a third set there. <laughs> There's a third set of paw prints. Uh, I real wag the dog. No. Wag the dog situation. You got the button. There's rules here. There's rules. Do you have to figure out whose voice that is? It sounds very familiar. Is it Michael Myers? I was trying to think of. Uh, I bet. I bet you it is. I bet you it is from uh, like Austin Powers or something. They can rewind it if they want to hear it again. Right. Naughty, naughty, naughty. No, no that's not, not Mike Myers. That's definitely not Mike. Who's the Simon guy that? Uh, Simon Cow that does all the judging. Is that him? It might be. Ooh, why would he say that during a song? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, 
They did something naughty. Right. Something to qualify saying it three times. <laughs> yeah. Do you get inspiration like when you're like out walking your dogs in nature for your like, because like I found, I've always found like, like I, I just went to Ohio and just like being on any kind of, even like a short road trip, just getting out of sight, breaking up your normal routine. Yeah. Like when I'm in my normal routine, I'm doing the same things, the same concerns. Right. I don't, it doesn't for me tend to generate a lot of creative thought as much. But then anytime I disrupt that and I go like do something else, I just feel like all of a sudden everything's firing. Right. I'm having all these ideas and, you know, I'm doing comedy and I'm like, oh man, like I, I got to write this stuff down. There's almost like too much. Yeah. So I, what, what did I read recently that was like, if you keep going to the same uh, apple orchard, mm-hmm. pretty soon there aren't going to be any apples left. Yeah. So if mm. you keep going to different ones. That's a also a terrible analogy because like you like you could I mean I don't know I feel like you could go to an apple orchard your whole life and not even touch all the apples. Yeah, I've never been to one, so I don't know <laughs> so you're saying that you, if you if you don't use any of your jokes, <laughs> you can keep creative <laughs> and still have all of them in reserve. Right. From what I understand, most apple orchards want you to come back. <laughs> for, it like makes the money returning right. guests and all that. I, I know what you're saying though. I got it. yeah. Yeah, maybe I need to maybe I need to go read that again. And <laughs> come back with. If you it go better. to the same cow, the milk, it, the cow eventually dies. Dries <laughs> up. I feel like we don't tear apart our guests' sayings enough, you know, <laughs> with them on the air. Here, let me see if I can come up with another one. <laughs> yeah, I, I like these Spindler sayings. It's like when you go to a movie theater and you watch the movie, mm-hmm. and then the movie's over, and then you sit there. Mm-hmm. Is the movie over? Uh, not if it's a Marvel movie. Yes, that's a trick question. There'll be some. Oh yeah, there's put some like little extra in there. But it was more like when it, where's the movie's start and life the life end mm. the life start mm. the movie. This make a good coffee table book. I was hoping you guys were gonna rip into it. <laughs> we gave you something. We agreed with it. <laughs> that's good. We got no no further questions, comments. That's too much yes and. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, I make a terrible improv. I'm just like somebody walks up and be like, I, "I'm an underwater lawyer." I'm like, "That's good. <laughs> that's a, that's good for you. Yeah. That's cool. A, that's a awesome thing to." Uh, uh, acknowledge out loud to everyone. Wait, did we? Did we? Did I miss the answer to you actually being in Second City? Uh, I went through uh, that later on. I went back to Chicago like every weekend for like three or four years. Okay, and I went through the I/O program again and the Second City program. And is you, you were performing there, and I I was performing not on like the main stage, mm. but just like in groups and. Uh, uh, stages there at the theater. Did yeah. you did you ever get to perform on the main stage? I don't know. I don't know what the uh, process is for it. I guess no, not not on the main stage. No, mm. no, just uh, just the uh, group. Like there's several groups that yeah. run through there that they run through. I was amazed when I went up there, like because like I I had only seen kind of like local improv, you know, and that's and yeah. and then like I went to Second City. I mean, well, like obviously we've all seen like Who's Line, yeah, and stuff like that. But it's like there's like Who's Line. There's like wait, wait, don't tell. Like there's like th- and then there's like Second City, and then like I don't know of any other right. top tier places to go for improv. But like watching like top high level improv like that, I was like, oh, this is like a completely right. different thing. Like this is amazing, right? Um, as opposed to just like the, a lot of the, what we've been doing this whole episode. (laughs) (laughs) And there's like a lot of the local stuff here and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just like games and yeah. Uh, it's just entry level kind of stuff. Well, one dimensional Mm. as opposed to like the three dimensional of uh, actually doing scenes and, uh, being like, a real person going through something and then watching that transform mm. and then watching the stuff, like all these scenes connect somehow toward the 
toward the end. So were you doing like, were they doing like serious improv too? Or like, I'm not serious, but like dramatic improv all, as all, well? All improv is serious. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's what they say. I caught myself. <laughs> but like non-comedic, I guess. Is there like non-comedic improv as well? Uh, or is it all well, kind of comedic? There's a, there's one of my teachers was, and, and I really uh, adopted this philosophy and a lot of it is he would say real feel, no bullshit. Mm-hmm. So it would be real scenarios doing real things. And the humor would come from the like the just the truth of the situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes the most dramatic moments uh, can like there's the heightening of that, in which will turn uh, something funny quicker because of how high the drama is. Mm. That makes yeah. I'd love makes to sense. do like a, a fun example. Let's like say like all right, all three of us, we just. Went skydiving. Okay. All right. And we're falling. Okay. And one of the shoots is not working. So we're falling. We're currently falling at yeah. the same. And we're able to have a conversation. Yes. And one of the shoots doesn't open. One of our shoots. Now, now does that violate the rule of like real life stuff? No. I'm, I'm assuming that's probably happened. Okay. <laughs> twice. At least twice. For me. No. That, no, that has not happened. You're very lucky. <laughs> Thank you. Or very, I guess it depends on how you look at it. It wasn't that high. Oh. Like a foot off the ground. Good for you. <laughs> way to way to uh way to judge the poor parachute properly. Thank you. Wait, where are we okay. <laughs> I have no idea. We're falling out of an airplane. So we're falling out of an airplane. One yeah. of the shoots doesn't open. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god, I guys I don't think my chute's opening. Uh Help. Did you try isn't there a spare chute? Isn't there I, I I just thought there was a spare chute. I, I took his spare chute because I thought uh, I, I might need it. <laughs> you're, Thad, I need help right now, guys. Can you? Thad, you're, I think now is a good time to let you know that you're always taking his stuff without him knowing. And I think this is a very good time to make you aware of this. I'm I'm thankful that you're calling me out here in the sky and I want some time to think about it and process would you ever forgive me for Could somebody please stuff? grab my bag? Hold on. We're Thad has stolen something from you and this, this is, is a serious crime. Yeah, it was wrong of me. Here, I'm gonna give the bag to you because I don't deserve this. I don't think I could face him. Okay, I appreciate that. I'll take good care of this bag. <laughs> Thank you. Splat. <laughs> and, and, and scene. And scene. And scene. Yeah, this is reminding me why I never want to do improv. <laughs> <laughs> right? Did feel like you were falling? <laughs> I. Uh, it looked like you were falling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, it, it's my worst. Well, it, it's like bombing on stage as a stand-up is one thing because I'm just like, I'm responsible. I went in there with a game plan or no game plan. Right. It all falls on me. But like improv is such a team sport that like, Everyone has to be operating on the same level, right. you know, or or it stinks. Yeah. You can't have one person that's good at improv and three other people that aren't. Well, and then still even then, at least half the time, it's probably going to be average. Yeah. Or worse. It's. I think there's so much. I think it's, I think the, I don't know, the, the buildup to when it's bad to when it's good is so different in right. improv than stand-up comedy. But then once it gets good, like once right. it gets to that top tier, like I remember just being amazed at it right. and just being like wow this is like a real magic trick right. also the seats at second city are all so close together i had a problem with that but that was kind of during, a side was note it, was it during covid or after be pre pre-covid yeah okay yeah oh well, no they pack them in there man and that main oh yeah i think okay I, you, it's, it's like I, asses to elbows in there like i was like oh like i'm really supposed to be this close to the person next to me i didn't come with right then they'll they'll put there's four tops and seats, right? So yeah. you just put people together who don't. Yeah, because it's like an old, them. like, historic building or yeah. whatever. Well, but yeah, technically, it's crazy. back in the day, people were littler. Yeah. So oh, that's, what we, that's what we're kind of facing. Right. People's frames were much smaller than much smaller. the 2023 frame. Yeah. He's talking about the early, the early aughts. <laughs> people were smaller back then. Right. It was 2006. Loud. Before we went through the great enlargening. Yeah. <laughs> For the fast it's not something we laugh about. That's what I call COVID. Fast, the fast food. Era. Oh, okay. <laughs> you guys were making jokes about this, but people were much more smaller. Yeah. Then they 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 were much smaller then than they are now. 
Yeah. So what? Which one is the tragedy that they were smaller then, or that we're bigger now? There's technically more people around now. I don't know. I think it's a paradox. Hmm. Can you drop a beat for me, Jonathan Fenler? Thank you so much for being on our show today. First of all, where can people find check out that special, and then where can people follow you on social media? Uh, you can uh, find my uh, album at uh, on iTunes or any of the streaming places. Uh, you can find me at Evening with the Authors, the first Thursday of every month at the White Rabbit. Nice. And then just uh, wherever I'll end up being, I'll end up being, and hopefully we can find that connection and you can get there. And that, that may have been the nicest send-off we've ever had from a guest. Yeah. Zach Rome? You can find me at Kid Grime on all social media. Just all kid crime. <laughs> all kid crime. <laughs> all the time. Daddy's Jake. And you can find me at Thad McKee on Instagram or Twitter. At Dyke Michaels on all social media. Guys, we have an amazing uh, Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com backslash harder brunch. Only $3 to get access to our entire After Brunch comedy podcast library. It's uh, really fun. Uh, we get a cut loose if you want to hear. <laughs> When you hear more of this improv, <laughs> you know where to go. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.